Bloody Elbow presents The MMA Depressed Us, the show that features our trio of analysts watching terrible fights from UFC history or terrible combat sports movies and giving live play-by-play commentary. Hey, Bloody Elbow Podcast, Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Here are your hosts, Zane Simon, Connor Rebush, and Phil McKenzie. Hey everybody, welcome back to the MMA Depressed Us. We're here once again watching the worst fights MMA has to offer. I'm your host, Zane Simon, and my co-hosts, as always, Connor Rebush and Phil McKenzie. Thank you both for joining me, I guess. That's me? Yeah, yeah no, I'm that's too. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, it's the end of 2023. It's the beginning of 2024, which means we've got to do some kind of look back, worst fights of the year kind of show, right? And because I'm lazy and this show is depressing... Uh, I just depended on the uh, Handy Awards show that the uh, Heavy Hands put together this past week to see us through with a couple of bad fights, and uh, then I've got we've gotten a bunch of requests for one that should be a worst fight of the year that I don't think any of us have actually watched, so we're diving in on that as well. Our opening fight today is Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. He's back. Cody Garbrandt is back. Yes, Cody Garbrandt now back because he knocked out Brian Kelleher, which actually makes me feel a little bad for Brian Kelleher that he had to be the guy. Yeah. Uh, Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. Johnny Walker versus Anthony Smith. And family. Yeah, Anthony Smith, beloved action star. Anthony yeah. Smith. I'm just going to mm-hmm. put that out there. Mm-hmm. Right here, out in front. I want Connor has been talking it up. He has been huge Anthony Smith fan. Really huge Anthony Smith fan. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then finally, a fight that we've had, I've had several people, or maybe it's just one person coming to me every few months and telling me I need to watch this. Uh, Rug Rug versus Marcus Almeida. From one championship, which we so have basically been... the the genesis of this episode is that Phil and I have have given Zane a pair of handies. Yeah, right? yeah. So we've each given him a handy, and Zane yep. has responded by taking a shit on us with uh, yep. with the the rug rug fight. That, that is, is that is what I paid for. So <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pay very much. <laughs> I mean, well, that's that's a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> um. So yeah, this will be. Well, one of these will be fun, I think. Uh, hopefully. The shit, I think, will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> the hand, the hand, the handies are more of a. Uh, they take a more intellectual frame of mind to find the humor in them. I think. Sandpapery. Is how I describe them. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, it's winter. <laughs> Give me a break. My skin's dry. <laughs> oh God. All right. So as always, we're watching these. We're, well, we're watching most of these on UFC Fight Pass. First two: Garbrandt Jones and Walker Smith. 
Almeida versus Rugrug. We are watching on YouTube on the official One Championship channel. So you can find it there. As always, we are watching all videos starting from the beginning. So we'll just be hit and play. And if you are watching the videos on any other format through any other means, Connor will try to tell you when round one begins so you can cue your video there. I'm going to say now that will be impossible for the Rug Rug fight, but yes. you can probably find it on YouTube. That one is edited in such a way that it starts like five seconds into the first round. Yeah, starts five seconds into the first round and it has no round breaks. So if you yeah. are watching some other format, you are going to be watching a you, you and I, we're not going to be watching the same thing at all. But but for you, uh, for the fight pass fights, I will tell you when round one starts. Yeah. All right. Oh, I got to switch my audio over. So that's, there we go. And the host of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Everybody, what they paid for. Hey. Is that your response to being called out in any walk of life? (laughs) That's the guy who did it. That's him, officer. Hey. <laughs> Deflection te- techniques learned from the Fonz himself. That's the schoolyard creeper. Hey. <laughs> no, no, no. For those, I've got a. Huh? <laughs> and then the sound of bongos as you try to run away. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a cop trying to chase me with a fishing net. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's abducting a child. (laughs) Jesus. That's a premise we could make. Somebody needs to make a movie with Looney Tunes logic, but horrific crimes. <laughs> that sounds good. Maybe Columbo can maybe Columbo can no, solve it no, in a prequel. No. All right. <laughs> Enough things the listeners won't understand. Okay. Let's uh, let's watch some bad yeah. fights. Starting in three, two, one, go. Did you make it clear that? This was uh, Garbrandt Jones. Yeah, sorry, folks. Whatever. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you when round one starts. All right. I'm here for you. We are starting Garbrandt Jones. And I really like. I hate it because this is the fight that had people. Watch this and then they picked Cody Garbrandt over Brian Kelleher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were right. (laughs) Yeah, they were right, and that is just awful logic on all accounts. If there is a guy that was going to be the guy for Garbrandt, though, it does make sense that it was Kelleher. Yeah. That man loves to get finished in the first round. He loves to get finished in the first round, and he is an aggressive fighter who is not athletic enough to be an ag- uh, a top level aggressive fighter. So yes. And he's just not defensively good at all. Yeah, he's just one of the, you know, Julian Arosa, Gerald Mearshaw yeah, type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aggressive. He does, get, he does get better defensively as fights go on if he can survive. Like Julian Arosa. Like yeah. Julian Arosa and Gerald Mearshaw. Yeah. Like yeah. 
where like if you don't get you can just dust them in round one. All right, one. here we go. Shut if up, go. shut up. Round one's about to start. Oh my god. All right, I was quick on the trigger, but Phil was gonna go on and on and on for so long. Round one starts now. Okay. Okay, my story starts many <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Cody Garbrandt first made it to the UFC, fighting Marcus Brimage in the uh, let's give Marcus Brimage incredibly cruel matches against debut against blue chip debutants. No, they, yeah. they really they really used and abused poor Marcus Brimage with the matchmaking. Mm-hmm. It's like a good solid fighter, and they were like Cody Garbrandt and Conor McGregor. Yeah. It's his fault for having the nickname The Stepping Stone, though. I mean, I <laughs> honestly. That's not actually his nickname, is it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. A little too ironic <laughs> for most MMA fighters. I would, I would genuinely respect someone who Absolutely. called himself The Stepping Stone. Yeah. Right. Even more so if they ended, ended up becoming a world dominating, like, generational talent. <laughs> yeah. Um,. But no, I'm sure Marcus Brimage had like so. He must have had some kind of Dragon Ball Z related nickname, right? Ah, uh, yeah, I think he was like the Super Saiyan. Yeah, he definitely loved Dragon Ball Z. That guy. Uh, this fight is is about ten times more exciting than I remember it being. Uh, already, <laughs> there's been several kicks that have been thrown. Keep your pants on, Phil. It's only it, it's going to reach its sort it's, of equilibrium oh, very soon. Okay, I thought it was the Super Saiyan or whatever. Because he started MMA after watching Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. But his nickname was the Bama Beast. So even worse. He he really does did deserve to just be thrown to the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Now you would think that given that this is Cody Garbrandt's game now he would make more use of the really good jab he's always had, wouldn't you? Well, that, I mean, if he wasn't an MMA fighter, I would think that, yeah. He has a good jab. Every time he throws, he's like, that was quick. Jesus, that was a shocking jab. You'd think back foot safety first Cody Garbrandt would be a jabbing machine. No. Uh, Instead, he throws fewer jabs than he ever did before. It's one of those things where they just ask him to, like, count. Like, Cody count to three, and he's like, three, two. Yeah. Cody, no. <laughs> Cody, no. Backwards and missing, missing one. What Jesus order Christ. did they go in, Cody? He's like, three, two. <laughs> go to the beginning. One, three, two. <laughs> All right, just move around and don't do anything, I guess. <laughs> So they both took uh, kicks at the beginning, because they were like, if I can rack up some points with kicks... Oh, here we then... go. Oh, he's... Sorry, sorry, Cody Garbrandt just did some sick-ass footwork. He's doing some moves. He's he's doing... Uh, he what against he... Dominic Cruz. Yeah. I... Him. I think he's back now. Uh, and clearly, yeah, both... that's going uh, to bait Trevin Jones into getting over-aggressive. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be like, I need to get rid of this slick style merchant before he uh like does before he he smokes me with his technical skill the wild thing with garbrandt is that like he really more than any other fighter i've ever seen replaced fa- replaced actual footwork with flashy footwork <laughs> like he he could do these like slick little like oh yeah I, you know 
I'm dancing, I'm moving, I'm, I'm, you know, ducking and all that. And then he gets punched and like his feet just don't move at all. Yeah. Like yeah. Dominic, uh, Dominic Cruz was a <laughs> broadly a terrible influence on both his friends and his enemies. He yeah. was true. Yeah. <laughs> it is that is very much a Dominic Cruz thing to do as well. All all the moves except when you're in the pocket trading the shot. I mean, he, Dominic Cruz, to be fair, would like exit the pocket on angles and so on. And did. That was that I mean, that was his major thing. It was just that he in doing that, he would be like doing giant walkie steps, yeah. <laughs> like crossing yeah. his feet and like take four more steps than necessary yeah, yeah. to do. Well, the, he would the also right do, this, do the thing where like he would exit on an angle, but he would also just bounce around at different angles for five minutes at range and then yeah. step right in on the straight line right in front of somebody. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was why Henry Cejudo knocked him out. It was just like Cejudo just actually got onto the idea of like, oh, wait. If I just wait until you actually step in, and then he crosses his feet and backs to the cage. You gotta yeah. love it. Well, he's trying to bait the famously overaggressive Trevor Jones into making yeah. a critical error. But yeah, Henry, so you, you saw have- that, Phil. It uh, it reached an equilibrium after the first minute, <sighs> where basically everything stopped happening. I was too blown away by the sick ass footwork. <laughs> But yeah, Henry Cejudo just was like, wait, if I just wait until you actually step into the pocket to throw something, all I have to do is just throw then. Because Cruz mm-hmm. will only very rarely enter on an angle. Usually, and also, just being just being old and slower, older and slower yeah. just means that like giant steps become only more telegraphed at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyone else clocking the uh, the thinness of uh Poor Cody Garbrandt's hairline here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be... Who, who went from being, like, looking extremely boyish to looking extremely... Not. Uh, you know, it's, it's def- we're definitely seeing the the Luke Rockhold yeah. uh, transformation. He needs to... You know, Luke sort of did this a bit. What Cody needs to do is one day just come out with head buzzed and a big beard, and he'll look like like a mixologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll look like a bartender circa 2016. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, they're both always going to be handsome men. They don't need to, like, yeah, yeah. worry about losing their hair that much. Hey, first minute of the round and something happened. Maybe this will be different. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Cody Garbrandt wow. showing, as always, that he has the athleticism to fight way better than he does. Oh, they're back up. Okay. now they're, But now they're going to scrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Cody's going to lure him in. He's going to lure him in to counter-punch uh, counter him. Bill, not only do I think you're right about that, I think it will eventually work, and Cody mm-hmm. is going to enjoy what happens when he finally does lure Trevin Jones in. <laughs> I think this plan is going to go perfectly. You know, I want to make fun of Cody Garbrandt for tattooing his sideburns on, but now that I have to watch everything so small to keep from from going all robot-y, it really actually looks like his beard connects, so fair play to him. Oh, God, that's why he can't shave his head. It's the yeah. tattooed sideburns. We'll not connect to anything anymore. That's fine. It'll, he'll be fine. He should just get more tattoos on his on his bare pate. Mm, yeah, that is true. <laughs> you know? I think he should just get, a, like, a ring going around his, going around his face. Yeah. 
<laughs> or I mean, he should just like, tattoo on the bangs and the and the hairline. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> that way he doesn't have to shave his head. That would be such an MMA solution. That would be sick. <laughs> oh god. You could maybe make it work with like an artful comb forward <laughs> to kind of hide the tattooiness of the front, and then it looks like you still have some bangs. Oh, great. Another takedown right into a guillotine where nothing happens. Maybe well, hold on. Cody could just could just convert the sideburn tattoos into something cool. Uh, right. Like one of them could be like the uh, handle of a gun and the other one could be like the holster of a badass uh, knife. Oh, we could do like cool. a sleepy just... sloth that's just draped over the top of his head and each sideburn is an mm. arm. Now you are talking. <laughs> like the sloth's face is like resting over the top of his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> his tail is running down the back of his neck. This is a bad. This is why you are the tattoo guy of us. That's right. Saying, yeah. You know this shit. Yeah. You know what looks good. No and, and, and then he could get across his forehead tattooed right under the, the head of the sloth that's like artfully draped. It'll just say hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, something like that would probably be bad enough to be like Cody Garbrandt's maybe fifth or sixth worst tattoo. <laughs> he wouldn't do it. Like all MMA fighters, it has way too much genuine humor to it for him to do. <laughs> instead, he, instead he's the guy who gets a heart in a with a hand grenade in it on his arm. Yeah, that's cool. <sighs> well, we're getting some oh, of Cody Garbrandt starting to get super impressed with how well Cody's fighting. Yeah, he loves the that he's added the grappling into his game. Yeah, that in a half-hearted body triangle and in an, and an, a rear naked choke he's not really going for. He is dominating this guy who is, he is sort of, well, he is winning against this guy who is doing nothing. He is certainly doing more than the guy he's fighting. Oh, man. Uh, he's talking about Dominic Cruz. Remember yeah. how he dominated Dominic Cruz? I remember that fight, says, says Joe Rogan. That is one of the things I can remember. <laughs> Makes me very sad that the very obvious fight for Cody Garbrandt right now is the Dominic Cruz rematch. Yeah, yeah, yeah do just, it. Just like the obvious fight, and he's like, "No, I want to fight Figueredo." I mean, fair enough. That's but, the thing is that not only did he beat Dominic Cruz quite convincingly, people remember him. Yeah, absolutely thrashing Dominic Cruz. It's true. It's not. It's not quite. It's not true, but. It, like, it, it, it it's is also there's no way it could go better. It is his legacy. It is like the only thing left of his legacy. So mm -hmm. to to take a chance on it would yeah. be potentially a big mistake. I mean, only thing left. It was the only big fight he ever won. Well, that's yep. what I mean, is that he he became champion and people were like, oh, he's going to, you know. Yeah, yeah he's an expert. He's going to rule for ages. But at this Everyone point, people don't even remember him being champ all that well. But they um, do remember the Dominic Cruz. He just instantly started losing. Yeah, it, it's all that's left of his legacy, but it's also all there ever was, as you yeah. said. Mm -hmm. Like he, he was a very much a flash in the pan champion. He is really, honestly, one of the weirdest fighters in terms of arc, in terms of like putting yeah. everything together at the exact same moment that it all went away. Mm -hmm. Somebody brought else brought up like Dominic Reyes is that guy, but 
unfortunately for Reyes, he didn't actually win the t- the championship or win the title. Calvin Gastelum, sort of as well. Yeah, kinda. Calvin Gastelum, like he put it together in a way that you were like, yeah, that's pretty good, and then he just kept it there forever to a point that you're like, yeah. I, mean, I still think his fight against Israel Adesanya is Calvin Gastelum's True. best fight, and then he simply. He said, "Where well, he he was simply better than he ever was before or since." Yeah, and then, yeah. But it took him a while to get there. It's the thing. Yeah, then he just Trevin, absolutely uh, reverted to the meme. <clears throat> Trevin Jones's corner was just telling him, "You need to first they they broke the news that he, he lost the first two rounds, which he seemed slightly dismayed by." How can you tell? Yeah, well, and then they <laughs> urged him that he needs to throw three punches in a row. That's the kind of coaching you can't get anywhere but MMA. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, aside from the fact that it something has gone wrong far before this corner moment where like the fighter is incapable of doing that, that is pretty good corner advice. No, it is. You're losing. You need to put punches together. You have to. It is. But it's also the kind of advice that like only in a combat sport. For a high-level combat sport, it's MMA is the only high-level combat sport where that would be the necessary smart corner advice. Well, yep. that depends. You ever seen the uh, the Emmanuel Stewart highlight of him berating like Michael Moore in the corner? Yeah, but that's like it happens. Not, it, 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 it being bullish with your fighter and being like, you got to go out there and do stuff, but like literally to be like, you have to throw three punches. That no, is, that is that literally is him game. begging his fighter to throw even one punch. Yeah. Uh, it, it happens. Right. It is very MMA. You're not wrong, oh, but it's, shit, you know. Look at that Cody Carpenter footwork. It's so cool. Ooh. M- um, MMA isn't, uh, doesn't have exclusive rights to dysfunctional fighters at a high level. No, but it has so many of them. That's true. Also, we need to respect this as being a moment where, like, Trevin Jones breaks his limit. This is like yeah. watching an anime where the like where the the like one of the fighters like does what they've never done before. It's like been charging you know, they're like rounds. Yeah. yeah. He's about it's, to it's, hit it's, Cody Garbrandt with the spirit bomb. It, well, it's like, you know, they teach him the secret technique of like throwing a punch. And they're like sometimes in the most dire situations, you you throw two punches. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like what? That at this moment he's like, <gasps> it's never been I have done to before. Break beyond the limits of of what is beyond that. I need to throw three punches. I don't know whether he's actually going to do that. To be he fair. throws the first two, and then of course we cut to the cornerman who's like, he's thrown two, but there's no way. Wait, I think he's going for a third punch. <laughs> then we cut to his girlfriend in the crowd. <gasps> Trevin. <laughs> Trevin. And then we get like a 10 minute flashback <laughs> back to all, all the sequences of him. And then, and then you get the slow motion start of the punch and then you cut for the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> and you get the, the like in the next episode, you, you know, will our hero throw the, the third punch? And then the next episode is just a highlights show and a <laughs> like character backstory show. And then you have a whole nother episode where they take the entire episode explaining the technique of that punch. And then in the final like five minutes of the episode, 
you, may you, I say, it, Trevor Jones has yet to throw two punches. He he did. Yeah. yeah. At one this point. is. There it is. Oh. There, oh. He put a second uh-huh. one behind punches. it. Cody's scared. He's extremely yeah, scared. The first Cody, every, <laughs> everything but evade punches. Oh, I forgot. And then he goes in there and clinches with him. Yeah. Literally just, how could anybody watch this and think Cody is back? Like, so the, the problem with, like, the Cody's receiving hairline is that it looks okay-ish when it's kind of fluffed up. Yeah. But as Punching. soon as it starts, like, he gets sweaty, lying lank like, across his forehead, you're like, no, that hair has been, that hair's too long to yeah. be what it's, it, it's, it's meant to be up in the air. Oh, yeah, he's cementing this round, Trevin. Good yeah, job, buddy. you're going to win this round. That's You're definitely going to win it. Yeah, he gets a little sweaty and panicked, and he starts to look a lot like George Roop. <laughs> yeah. oh, Trevin Jones complaining of getting punched in the back of the head while standing. Just, man, you are yeah. knock this guy out. You are, you are in the last dying seconds of a fight you could have won at any time. Oh my god. Maybe one of the most aggressive Trevor Jones rounds I've ever seen. It honestly is. Yeah. You gotta respect his guts and drive. He threw way more punches in this round. Most of them were still single shots, but he was genuinely pressuring and looking to land this round. Yep. With, oh, uh, almost any other fighter, you would have been like, man, that was that was not good, Trevor Jones. I love when you get a fight like this and then you get the like typically you never get a goofy sound from a boxing bell. Oh, with the, yeah. With the air the horn the bell, UFC the used. Horn, yeah. yeah. With the air horn, it's pretty 50-50. <laughs> I do love when you get a fight like yeah. this, and then the final horn is... Yeah. <laughs> In Abu Dhabi, it's always the deflated car horn. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like... <laughs> Some, sometimes that sort of limp, flaccid horn sound yeah, really adds. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Su- suited that fight. Oh, let's see the highlights. Okay, yeah. that, was, it, that happened in the first 30 seconds. Really every strike landed in the entire fight. Yeah. Ooh, a kick that turned into a, te- I mean, a pretty cool move. I'm going to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Cody Garbrandt still shows you that he should, he is a man who should be in his athletic prime. Yeah. I would, I wish Brian Keller had watched this fight and realized, noticed just how much slower Cody's counter right hand was in the third round than the first. Yeah. Just Once the speed goes, he is just a bad fighter. <sighs> Trevor Jones, let's see how he reacts before we move away. He didn't look surprised, actually. Fair fair play. Yeah. He looked resigned. He knew he lost. Yeah. All right. All right. Everyone refresh. Johnny Walker, Anthony Smith. This isn't going to be better, folks. Speaking of, uh, like, action fighters who have had a downturn and are now 100% back Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker and Connor's favorite, Anthony Smith. He's back. They're both back. They're both mm-hmm. back. <laughs> Everybody's back. 
You almost think that no one had ever left. Everyone's so back. The Deadwood reunion of fight car uh, uh, of fights. All right. <laughs> giving me nothing, huh? <laughs> Just for you, Connor. It was not intentional. I haven't seen the movie. It's bad. Don't. Oh. I thought it was good. It's yeah, not. That too. That's a, it, the, it, Sopranos, it is, the Sopranos movie was supposed to be pretty bad as well. It, it is. Uh, let's start the fight, and then I'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Starting in three, two, one. Go. Okay. I'm I, I'm gonna be lagging behind by a second. Oh, let's let's just restart. Okay, let's just restart. I've already it's, paused. We're yep. right at the start. Let, let's go ahead. Starting in three, two, one, go. All right. But they they got everybody back. But um. It is really just a sentimental nostalgia closing note of like the like we want to make everybody feel uh, like a character you loved kind of thing. So everybody is kind of like the kinder, sentimental, gentle remembrance version of the character they were in the show. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see like Al Swearingen and uh, the sheriff, um, what's his name? Seth Bullock. Seth Bullock, like really get along and team up and like the community really come together and pull together and everybody be on the same side. Then. Yeah, it's going to have just the exact, like, nostalgia. Oh, I really wanted to see all my old friends I again. I mean, that is sort of the arc of the show. Is it? I don't is know. Co- a that. community coming together? and f- Yeah, it's, the whole show is about the forming of a community. It's about a community. And, like... They come together when... Uh, certainly, they've pretty much come together when George Hurst arrives in Season 3. The whole show, that's the... The main character of the show is the town, saying It's about... Yeah, it's the town. Forming a civilization out of the wilderness. It is, but it, I mean, we still get things like the, the rival saloon owner. Like, you didn't Yeah, 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 of course. Stuff. But Powers Booth, does Powers Booth, oh, he's dead now, isn't he? He's dead. So Spoilers. No Powers Booth back. That's a shame. Um, All right, here we go. Well, round one, and then we continue talking about something way more interesting than this fight. <laughs> the Deadwood series and movie. Yeah. Round one starts... Come on, Keith. Now. But it, it, it's very sentimental. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, I, I, it, it, it's depressing to say this, but uh, late in his career, when Terry Pratchett was suffering from Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and still writing, his voice became bled much more clearly through his characters into the mm-hmm. books where they all started to just be the same character. And you could just see like, Oh, this is just, you know, Sam Vimes and granny Weatherwax and, uh, the patrician and Harry King. Wow. Forgot veterinary's name. 
Yeah, Lord Vetinari. Um, they all. What's his are first now... name, Zane? What's his first name? Oh God! Oh, fake fan, fake fan. This yeah. guy doesn't like Terry Pratchett. Um, his name is Havelock Vetinari. Havelock, that's right. What a loser! Didn't even know who Havelock Vetinari was. I know this guy's pathetic. But they all start to talk with the same voice, basically. The nuances of what made their characters any different. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is flattened. And you get a, a similar effect in the Deadwood movie? Yes. That's yes. too bad. The writer was also suffering from Alzheimer's. At the he time. was, yes, it's true. And it's the same effect. Like, you just, all the characters suddenly start to feel like one voice. Yeah. You know, one sim- sim- simpatico sort of idea <clears throat> where they were, you know, during the show, deeply different mm-hmm. and nuanced characters, even if they were coming together as a community, this feels like a hype, you know? Uh, Here we go. This is more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, this is yeah. much more we, fun than we I... got a really stupid exchange there. Yeah. That uh, might be the exchange which convinces Anthony Smith not to do that again for the rest yeah. of the fight. That may be true, yes. Uh, Zane, I have got something, and unfortunately it doesn't seem like I can, I can send it to chat uh, to, whilst we're still recording, but I think I've got something that will cheer you up oh, uh, yeah. with regard to the to the whole Deadwood thing. It's called Swearingen, The Birth of the Gem, and it's a <clears throat> film about, it begins in the gritty and minor, lawless mining town of Deadwood, such as 1860s, and a young and ambitious Al Swearingen arrives in town with dreams of wealth and power and sets his sight <laughs> on the gem saloon. It's pretty good. Uh, I've got a script, and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> he learns how to swear. Uh, and, uh, Wait, he, that's his name. He's got a tragic backstory about the death of his uncle, and <laughs> um, and he meets his his his. Uh, he meets Dan Doherty, but they don't like each other at first, which is. Crazy. I, I wanted to be clear though. Al Swearingen later. Al Swearingen already has a tragic backstory. He already has a very tragic backstory. His mother was a whore, and he, like, killed somebody with a knife and had to flee Chicago. We, he already has a tragic backstory. Yeah, yeah I was, remember that. Shut up, Phil. A long time since I've watched Deadwood. <laughs> it's enough out of you. <laughs> Actually, wait a minute. Let me change my script a little here. <laughs> oh my, we're getting a slow-mo highlight of a really artful kick to the balls. Yeah. I'm gonna change my I'm gonna change my script so that it's gonna start off and his name's gonna be uh Alfred Picklesworth. And then uh like some bad stuff happens to him, and then he starts like swearing a lot. And then people yeah. are like, Man, Alfred, you swear a lot. And he's gonna be like, yeah, and then he's gonna he's gonna change his name to Al Swearingen because he no, swears so much. You swear because he was actually like, called Alfie, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty good. Phil, Phil, it has to be a moment where someone says, "You swear a lot. You're like a swear engine." Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he killed Connor. Sweet. I feel a terrible pain in my abdomen. Oh. <laughs> Swear engine. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. SPG yes. Ireland really was the dumbest bit. For... Oh my god. This is way better uh, than I thought. Johnny Walker is lucky he's twelve feet tall. He <laughs> sure is. <laughs> he's he's oh my god. A giant of a human. 
an absolute giant athletic freak who clearly had just had no with pure operating on pure id and now under the tutelage of John Kavanaugh has added flippy kicks. Yep. Yeah. Let's let's uh, chill for a moment, fellas. Why? The fighters. I'm talking oh, to the yeah, fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy exchange. Anthony Smith gets on top. He's like, all right, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> let's relax for a yeah. second. Well, I mean, I'm assuming he's just like, there's just no way I can hold this man down. Yeah. Like, how how low has Anthony Smith fought? Welterweight, right? Uh, no, he only fought at low one eighty, middleweight one eighty five. Did he not start? Okay. As a, did he not start smaller than that? Did was Josh Near just being an idiot? Well, like, if it's Josh Near, so I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know what you're referring to in particular, though. Because Josh Near fought him, and Josh Near was like uh, a career lightweight. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, Josh Near was just an idiot. He was but just no. like, I'm gonna fight two classes up because I just feel like it and win. Yeah, no, he, he, his, he, he was a middleweight all through. Oh, no, it was 175 pounds. Oh, that was that fight. Okay. Yeah. Bro, look at these advancing punches from Anthony Smith. Uh, Absolutely dreadful form. Yeah. I mean, just, he is, he is just not built to fight someone as tall as him. Is it, no. you know, because his, yeah. his career was, was spent fighting at, uh, yeah, fighting people much much smaller than him. That, yeah. nope, Whether or not Anthony Smith wins is really do, is he the only guy with a jab? Well, it's also like succeed or fail. Nobody looks like they're having less fun when they're when they're fighting than Anthony Smith. It's true. Like he is always pressing himself to do something that he doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Always feels that way. Well, he has to, Zane. It's because his livelihood is... I mean, his his very family is in danger. Yep. Man, that guy who broke into his house did him such a favor. Really that gave happened? a, a yeah. visual impact to, to focus on for the rest of yeah. his career. MMA is really a sport comprised entirely of people who are begging for somebody to break and enter their home. Yes. So they for different, different reasons. Like Anthony Smith is definitely someone who needs to cathartically channel misery. Yes. Yeah. Anthony Smith needs to he needs to be able to find that moment when somebody broke into his house and he really had to fight for his life again. Yeah. Tim Kennedy just needed the chance to kill again with <laughs> the government okay. That that counter right in. Johnny Walker got hit with, and he just stepped back and stood there. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. 
We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.